This episode of Blitzed is brought to you by Rip Curl's Search GPS watches and the revolutionary hashtag Rip Curl Virtual Pro, an event unlike any other that has been specifically engineered to reward owners of the Rip Curl Search GPS watches. So check this out. If you're a Rip Curl Search GPS owner and you logged your sessions between the 4th and the 14th of March, those sessions you've already had between the 4th and 14th of March 2023, you are in the running to win an all-expenses-paid trip for you and four mates to Namotu Island in Fiji. It's worth more than 40000 bucks. So here's how to enter. Check your inbox to find your personalized Rip Curl Virtual Pro entry video. You need to be an existing Search GPS user who logged Search for over that 10-day period in March to be eligible. Then you share your personalized video on Instagram as a reel, adding the hashtag RipCurlVirtualPro to the caption. This will automatically enter you into the contest. Ensure your Instagram account is set to public so that RipCurl can confirm your entry and make sure to reread the TNCs and then sit back and wait till they crown you the champ, hopefully, if you win. Good on your Rip Curl, up to Search GPS, Virtual Pro. Competition surfing, rashes, oh, yeah, baby, I can't get up. Smithy goes to India for 10 days and the Woz explodes. Holy smokes. Yep. Uh, hello, Swillians. Deadly here. Hey. Sorry we've been a little off the pace with the Woz gear lately. It's good to be back. Blitzed is here. We are back. And uh, wow, just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time for Mount Vesuvius to extremely blow its lid. Krakatoa got nothing on this. Pompeii, just a, uh, a small fizzer compared to what has been going on in post-traumatic goat pool land. Oh, man. Okay, let's revisit what we know. First of all, what the actual fuck? Who would have thought the most hectic, militant, sukilala beatdown in recent history would uh, come from the turgid, swampy upwellings? Of a sparkling, crystal clear, watery goat pool. Not me. I thought I was barely going to fucking raise an eyebrow watching this thing. And it actually has uh, yeah, gone ballistic, as we all know. So, this is what we know. Goat pool event happened in Lemoore. Water was clean. Night lights went on for something a little different. Bravo. Katie Simmers ripped the goat pool to shreds beautifully fucking stylishly and, quite frankly, in a much more compelling way than a lot of other people. But in saying that, eh, I thought most of the surfing was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was a pretty cruisy event where a lot of waves were surfed in uh, long and sweeping and yeah, quite mesmerizing style, if not face-melting 
Certainly, there was the odd punctuated stab or ollie. Chris Moore took out Carolyn Marks in the women's final, the new format. And Griffin Colapinto took down in what was, yeah, okay, massively controversial circumstances. But, you know, even watching from the couch with a pretty severe and critical hangover, it, it definitely felt like Italo was just a little bigger, a little stronger, a little faster, whipped it a little harder. But... I don't know. I had the, the volume down. I wasn't really feeling any sense of of excitement or, or that grand final fever or any sort of uh, – it just, you know, it just didn't have the spark of a, a typical final where you go and blow for blow. It's, uh, it's an odd thing. Nonetheless, I just got to the end of it and thought, eh, fair enough. Nothing seemed particularly out of the ordinary for me other than the fact that I – kind of enjoyed watching it more than previous years simply because it looked pretty. The other strange thing that did occur to me, though, was that I had no idea, zero idea, what numbers were going to fall after each ride. Watching a lot of the event, I was just going, what? The? I couldn't tell. I literally could not tell why someone got a six, why someone got an eight, why someone got a nine. I just, it had me baffled. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing when you're trying to you're trying to, um, yeah, trying to build drama and 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 you know, get on board with certain performances or certain roles or momentums or whatever, you know, sport. It just it needs drama, man, and it was just sadly lacking. And um, yeah, the scoring was definitely uh, a little hard for me to follow. In saying that, though, I didn't find it that surprising that Flo has won the day. I just didn't find it that surprising, mostly because it's just been that way all year. I mean, you just no one can get a score for an aerial anymore. I don't know what is going on, but unless it's a big straighty and it's kind of all part of this sort of one line from beginning to end, then uh, you've pretty much got no hope of, of winning a final. Uh, certainly not of troubling the eights or excellent range, as we saw with um, Italo Fijeras front side full rotor in Margaret's, which was fucking mind-boggling. But, you know, mid-range six, and uh, take that as you will. Anyway, it all blew up, didn't it? It went to shit. The Lamore sewage plant detonated when the world number six, three-time world champ and two-time former goat pool winner, Gabriel Medina, released... This open letter to the Woz following his defeat by Ethan Ewing in the quarterfinal. This is what Gabe said. Please understand the importance of this discussion. Surfing has been my life and my love for this sport is unconditional. I've put all my heart into it and want to leave a beautiful legacy one day when I look back on it. However, the surfing community, especially in Brazil, is mesmerized with the poor clarity and inconsistence of judging for many years now. But lately, it has been even more shocking. It is clear that judging is now rewarding very simple surfing, seamless transitions, and have taken critical turns in critical sections off the criteria. This is very frustrating and is stagnating the sport. Fans and sponsor will not accept this to continue and will in a near future be draw away 
Once, all they want is equal and fair judging to the sport. Sorry, I'm just reading this as it has been translated from Beach Grit. Uh, Also, important to note, this is uh, Gabby continuing, that many coaches and managers have had the opportunity to speak to the WSL after heats and events to ask about progression and variety in the criteria and the lack of reward for this space. The response given by them is always quite defensive by giving poor examples to illustrate their, in capitals, point. WSL needs to urgently clarify judging and apply equal and fair judging to save the progression of the sport. Thanks, Gabrielle Medina and Brazil. So Gabby writing on behalf of himself and the nation he represents on tour. And so uh, piling on here is Philippe Toledo after Gabby made his comment. Phil had this to say. After a long day of many thoughts, analysis, news and arguments, I realise that I am tired, psychologically exhausted. It's not easy to spend 10 years swallowing hard. I'm a surfer, original and rooted, who grew up among real surfers and fairness has always been one of the main points in my experience. That's why I feel tired. For the love of the sport, I'm still firm and strong. And now, I feel happy seeing the post by Gabriel Medina, Italo Fiera, and many others, who can still adhere to the idea that what we seek will always be the evolution of the sport, with justice and transparency. We want nothing but fair, nothing beyond what is our right. We need our voice to be heard and respected, because after all, we are the protagonists of it all. So, uh, Phil... Really getting on board with uh, Gabby there and also just, you know, wow, really feeling like his voice has been quieted or in some way muffled and, uh, yeah, not happy. So uh, finally we go to Italo who had this to say, a little more cryptic than Felipe and Gabe, his fellow world champs. My intuition is not to attack, hurt, take into credit and judgment, but silence consumes me. The surf that gave me and gives me everything, I live by this if I need to prove it yet. My looks and my energy and what they carry says it all. On my part, surf, I give you my all, my devotion, my day to day that only me, my team and my family know. And so we shall continue in the moment of sadness, indignation, reverse and look forward, transform, inspire people. That is uh, Italo Fiera's take. But unfortunately, what's happened is Brazilian surf fans and a lot of surf fans in general have just gone fucking turbo, super angry. And um, there has been... You know, some pretty ugly shit out there. And it calls to mind a similar situation with the Griffin-Felipe, you know, uh, finals of last year that really, you know, unfairly so started this slanging match that led to death threats. And Griffin turning up to Brazil, you know, definitely not able to perform at 100% due to, you know, external fears that as an athlete he had no, no right to bear. So, anyway, in reaction to... This, the WSL, 
kept it on the down low for a couple of days. And then the CEO, Eric Logan, finally uh, addressed the matter. And uh, this is what he had to say. To the WSL community. I want to address the conversation that happened in our community following the recent championship tour event at the Surf Ranch, a.k.a. Gatepool. That's me saying that. As you likely know, a small number of athletes made statements questioning the judging and the competition and the final results. I want to respond directly to those statements. However, we first need to address a much more important issue. In recent days, a number of surfers, WSL judges and employees have been subject to harassment, intimidation and threats of violence, including death threats, as a direct result of those statements. Those things should never happen in our sport or any sport and we're devastated that members of our community have been subject to them. It is an important reminder to us all that words have consequences. We hope the entire WSL community stands with us in rejecting all forms of harassment and intimidation. In terms of the statements made, we completely reject the suggestion that the judging of our competition is in any way unfair or biased. These claims are not supported by any evidence. Firstly, the judging criteria are provided to the athletes ahead of each competition. All athletes competing at the Surf Ranch Pro receive these materials on May 20th. Every athlete had the opportunity to ask questions about the criteria at that time. None of the athletes who made these statements took advantage of this opportunity at the Surf Ranch Pro. None of the athletes who made these statements took advantage of this opportunity at the Surf Ranch Pro. Secondly, our rules allow any athlete to review the scoring of any wave with the judges and receive a more detailed explanation of how they were scored with the judges. This process has been in place for a number of years and is the direct result of working with the surfers to bring more transparency to the judging process. It is not acceptable and is a breach of league policy for surfers to choose not to engage with the proper process and instead air grievances on social media. Number of athletes at the Surf Ranch Pro received points for elements such as progression and variety, so it is simply incorrect to suggest these are not taken into account in the judging criteria. Furthermore, our rules have been applied consistently throughout the season, including at events this season that were won by athletes who are now questioning those same rules. Surfing is an ever-evolving subjective sport and we welcome a robust debate around the progression of our sport and the criteria used to judge our competitions. However, it is unacceptable for any athlete to question the integrity of our judges who, like our surfers, are elite professionals. No one person or group of people are above the integrity of the sport. Sincerely, Eric Logan, WSL Chief Executive Officer. Wow, 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 wow. So, uh, look, where, where do we go from here? What, what do we make out of it all? Like, right now, there is so much talk. There's so much back and forth. There, there's a few kind of... There's a few things to really take into consideration, I suppose. First thing is just you know, context, like, I mean, fuck, we're talking about a surfing comp, the death threats, all that sort of shit, we just don't need it, man, we don't need that sort of fucking energy, and in light of everything that's happened, I, I wanted to run a, a recent post by Barton Lynch, the 88 world champ took to social media a couple of days after the goat pool event wrapped, and, and when everything was blowing up, and just made a, a real good fist of explaining what he saw as the issues, uh, not not just with you know, the reaction to the statements that's going on, but also where the statements were coming from, 
uh, a quick look at the judging and, and a quick look at, you know, the bigger picture of, of the organisation, of, of surfing as a culture, as a, as a community thing, as a fucking, you know, something that we, we have a privilege to do. And I, I just thought it summed things up pretty beautifully. And, and after that, we're going to go into a conversation with the 2012 world champ, Joel Parkinson, just to get a little bit of a, of a competitor's inside view of not just the gate pool event, but the events that transpired afterwards. Hello, peoples. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are in this world. Now, I've had the chance to look at the Gabriel Medina, Ethan Ewing quarterfinal, and then the final uh, between Italo and Griffin Colapinto. And I've watched them so many times, eh? Just trying to get clear on how I feel about it. Um, but above and beyond surfing, the thing that I am most sort of affected by and emotional about is the violence and the threats and the things that I see on the internet from people feeling like they've been hard done by. Now, look, I know all of these judges personally, and while I may not always agree with their decisions and their scoring, what I know is, is that they're good people, mate. And those judges are there trying to do the best job that they can. It's a, it sucks as far as jobs go, mate. It's a tough job. So the first thing I want to be clear on is I don't believe that there's intentional corruption or robbery of any kind, right? What I do know is that we're talking about a subjective, artistic, interpretive sport that can be seen through so many different eyes and through so many different emotions, depending on where you're from, how you feel about an individual, what your own disposition is and how you look at the world influences the way you look at the rides. And so when I'm watching the rides, I'm not looking at it like an Australian. I'm not looking at it like a Brazilian. I'm not looking at it like a judge. I'm just trying to see it like me and I'm trying to see it clearly and without emotion and trying to understand where scores could have come from and why things looked like they did. So the first thing I wanted to do was, was just put out a plea for, for understanding, for acceptance, for respect of each other. This is surfing, mate. This isn't, this isn't a world war. This is not something that really even matters in the context of the world. You look at the world we live in at this point in time and there is a global leftist agenda to steal democracy, to steal personal freedoms and liberties from people and, and a Chinification of the Western world going on. Um, so for me, when I look at, look at some of the emotion that's attached to a surfing event, that's what kind of baffles me a little bit, mate. This is surfing. In the context of the world, it's more important that we're nice to each other, that we're kind to each other, that we're understanding of our differences than it is that we fight and threaten because of a result in a surfing competition. So to all my friends out there all around the world, and I suppose primarily in Brazil, I just want to send out a, a, a call for calm, a call for love. This surfing's about love. Surfing is about joy. It's about stoke, mate. You know what I mean? And us living through surfing our dreams, whether they're competitive or not, and being able to share in the joy of, of going out into the ocean, out into nature, interacting, riding waves, being creative, and the love and stoke that we get for that, that's what we're meant to give to each other. So no matter where you're from, I'm just saying or asking and pleading 
to let go of the violence, let go of the threats, let go of the anger, try to see it without emotion um, and try to, to, to share globally and put surfing globally in a position where it can influence the world because it's a dynamic, beautiful thing. And we as, as members of that culture and community, we come together and share in that rather than fight each other because someone won or lost a surfing competition. And I, I, while I understand the passion and the emotion and how important this is to people, at the same time, um, what is important is that surfing thrives and that surfing shares love and stoke with the world. So I want to give you that first, mate, from my heart. Let's drop it, mate. Let's not fight. Let's not argue. Let's not create violent, threatening actions that I've seen that, mate, Ethan Ewing, he didn't do it. The judge is dead, she's doing their best. Griff, everyone's just there doing their best, mate. And, um, you know, the fact that we can enjoy surfing, people can make livings out of surfing, have a job that is surfing, that to me is sick. So let's not get too emotional and violent and aggressive and whatever about it. It's just surfing people's. And let's keep that in context. Now, here's what I think and what I saw out there. And I'll start with Gabby and Ethan. And I've got a bunch of notes here so I can, so I can uh, make sure I hit the spot correctly for everyone. Because, um, you know, it, for me, it's, it's a joy and a privilege to have an opinion that people care about. You know what I mean? So thank you for asking. Thank you for caring. And I try to deliver this with respect for my sport, respect for the nationalities, respect for the surfers themselves, right? So... You know, we both saw Gabby and Ethan on their first rights, throwaways. The second, the left, the first left of Gabby's, the 867, it was an incredible ride. It had the two air reverses, the hands-free alley-oop at the end, amazing turns through the inside, and I used that as the benchmark. And then I go over to the right, the 907 of Ethan's, and there is something about the way Ethan does everything. The style, the speed, the technique, the, how sharp and crisp and beautiful everything is. So I can see that 867 to the 907. I can see that spread and, and, and accept that difference. It was the right of Gabby's, the second right of Gabby's that came in at an 8 that, um, mate, I thought that could have been a little bit higher. I really did. And so um, there's that opportunity for that right, that that Gabby, Ethan, you and one. I could see that going either way. I could see Gabby winning that one. Um, but I do see Ethan's wave as, as most probably the highest scoring wave of that heat. So that one's a toughie. Could have gone either way. Fair to say, though, on the last left of Gabby's, he comes into the inside. If on that last left he'd gone for a little bit of a barrel and then gone for the corrupt flip, he went for the, didn't go for the tube at all, so didn't get that out of it. And then that meant that he went for the corrupt a little bit early on the wave. And when he went for the corrupt, he landed while it was still barreling kind of and the nose dug in. So I see a different line on that left, came to the inside, got a little barrel for a little bit for early stages, then into a corrupt a little bit later, a little bit further along the wall and pulled that off. He would have won there. So for me as a coach, um, and as a commentator, I'm always looking for the reasons why the judges scored what they did. I'm not really thinking about my opinion. I'm looking for the reasons and the opportunities for improvement and why things might have been put as they were. And so Gabby, on that last left, there was an opportunity, I suppose, to win. But I feel like his second right, the eight-point ride, 
it could have been good enough to have won anyway. Um, and I love the way he surfs and I'm a big fan and always have been. So that one it was a toss up, but I do feel like uh, the 907 of Ethan's was most probably um, the highest scoring ride of the heat. And I know I've been talking with the GOAT about all of this and, and he felt that same way. So um, that one could have gone either way and there was the opportunity for it to go either way. And I suppose what I see is that when the judges or when you do something that the judges have seen many times, call it Gabby's left with the two air reverses outside, and though it's kind of not very high airs, they're more just reverses off the lip. Um, they've seen him do that a lot. But what they haven't seen on the 907 was Ethan do a reverse midway and then get that air at the end. And Ethan saved those riskier manoeuvres for the right time. And the fact that he hadn't relied on them to that point, hadn't done them to that point, means that the judges... There's a surprise value in there for the judges. They get like, whoa, whoa, he did something outside of his traditional on-the-face surfing. And when you talk traditional on-the-face surfing, there's not much better going on right now than Ethan Ewing's on-the-face surfing. Um, and then when he went to the air, that was something fresh and new and the judges hadn't seen it. And so they, 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 the points, you, you manage the delivery of your manoeuvres as a professional surfer to coincide with moments when you need them. And I think Ethan Ewan did that perfectly. And um, that's most probably why he got the win because it was something they hadn't seen from him. And when they saw it, they were like, oh, and, and, and that ride went up to the 907. It and Gabby's 8.67, um, pretty similar types of rides, incredible surfing on both. So respect to both those guys, but can see kind of how that went. Now to the final. Um, Italo and Griffin, I've got to say, first impressions are that Italo looks so fast, so sharp, so crisp, and everything he did was just so on point that I felt like, without even sort of breaking down and analysing what happened on the waves, just the presentation of Italo's performance to me was... Whew, it was it was blistering. The performances were amazing. And then there was Italo's first right was an eight one three. Now to me, I felt like that could have been higher scored. I thought that was an incredible ride. That first of his, um, the seven eight three of Griffs didn't count in the end. The controversial part, I suppose, were the two eight sevens, the two lefts. And for me, I definitely felt like Italo's left was better than Griffin's left. Um, I didn't see them both as 8.7s, I've got to be honest. I love Griff and I love Italo, love Ethan, love Gabby, love this tour, love the surfers, love these kids having the opportunity to live their dreams. So I don't say anything that I say here with any vindictiveness or whatever. You know, I'm just trying to be as honest and clean and straight up as I could be. And I just feel like those two 8.7s, um, there could have been a... An advantage there to Italo, I think, on that on those, even though, um, you know, I just feel like he was faster, more variety, and I thought, you know, Italo's left was better than Griff's left, so the 8.7s, they both got the same, thought there was an advantage there to Italo. And then there was the rights, the 8.43 and the 9.07 for Griff. Again, both great surfing, incredible surfing. Um, I, you know... I suppose I've got to be honest, I felt like just in the impressions that I see um, watching it, uh, that, that Italo's speed 
and crispness and the sharpness and everything he did and the power that he brought to it. Um, I do understand that sometimes there can be a repetitive nature to things that you see and, and that is something the judges don't like. But for me, I felt like there was, just in first impressions, the 843 to the 907, that could have been a little tighter um, and it might have seen the advantage go to Italo and, and, and the title go to him. But in the end, I know for a fact, right, that I, and I've commentated enough events to know that what we see as spectators on the screen compared to what a judge sees in real time. So the judge is watching it in real time, watching it live, right? And a screen sort of perverts what you see, and it's done it so many times for me over, over the years where I've been watching something in real life and then I go watch it on a screen, it looks very different, or I've watched it on a screen as a commentator and, and my opinions have been different and, and people who have watched it live have had different opinions. So I think that's a, an important clarifying point for us to understand as spectators who watch it on a screen, not live, is that one live, there is energetic impact. There's the crowd, there's the hooting and the hollering and all the stuff that goes on energetically that influences those judges. Whether you like it or not, whether you can accept it or not, there's influences on those judges from the environment, the stimuli and the energy of the environment influences the way a judge sees things. And then for us, seeing it on a screen is completely different to seeing it live. So it's really hard to judge a situation from a screen compared to judging it live. I want to sort of, you know, finish by having that clarifying fact because I know that to be true and I've had it happen enough times in my life to know that what I see on the screen isn't really always how it appears to their naked eye in real life. So to everyone out there, it's only surfing. Right, it's only a surfing competition. It's one surfing competition out of a whole year. What goes around comes around. You have your good days, your bad days. You have your days when you get ripped off or your days when you get ripped on. And as a professional surfer, you've just got to take the good with the bad. And sometimes there's some gamesmanship in the manipulation of social media and media in general, the things that you say and when you say them to cause an effect in the future so that things go your way. And I used to do that. I used to manipulate the judges through what I, my comments and the things I would say to them, the times I would meet with them, to get a result or get paid back or get something in the future at another point. So I've got to remember there's gamesmanship that goes on. And um, either way, it got us talking, mate. And we've all got to understand that the great part is, is that we're all talking surfing. We're all um, pointing the finger. The judging is under the microscope. And for me, WSL came along and did so many things. They've changed so much stuff. But the thing that's still the same is the judging. It's the one part of the sport that hasn't been changed too much. And in my mind, I have ideas of how to change it, how it would be different or could be different that would make it a better thing. So I'd love to share that with you guys sometimes. It's been nearly 15 minutes, so I'm going to shut up. But... Um, I want to finish with a call for peace, a call for stoke, a call for joy between surfers of all nations, mate. It doesn't matter where you're from. We're all blessed to be surfers. And <clears throat> the judges, the other surfers, the competitors, they're all doing the best they can. He's the 2012 Pipeline Master. He's the surfer, surfer too. He's a sunny coast coolie legend. He's trained to Timbuktu. When it comes to professional surfing, he's our swelling guru.
if anyone knows, you know who knows? Paco's knows. Paco's knows. Welcome to the show. 2012 world champion, long oh, shit, time. We're straight into it. Yeah, we're going for it, mate. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not, we're not live, so uh, we'll just, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're, cool. we're just having a wrap. But Paco, um, far out, man. Where do we even start here? The world has gone bonkers, and it's all because of the goat pool. Oh, the goat pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's pretty. Oh, is it a storm in a teacup? Yeah, well, that's that's what I want to know, mate. I mean, uh, how serious do we need to take these uh, these uh, you know very unhappy Brazilian world champions who have won what six of the last eight world titles, uh, feeling like they're not being heard, feeling like their surfing isn't being respected. Um, I mean, they're out there. They're they're not talking to the organisation direct. They're they're pulling in everyone from all over the the world to uh, mount this sort of giant. Fucking, what do you even describe it as? Just a, a giant yeah. whinge? Yeah, um, I don't know. Crowdfunding? <laughs> <laughs> Crowdfunding for a Rebel Tour, mate. Uh, well, look, let's let's start with this, Joel. Did you watch the comp? I watched a fair bit of it, yes. And, and what did you make of it? I mean, I know that uh, we talked a lot about the, the goat pool when it first came out. And you got pretty... You were pretty neither here nor there with it. I know, I know that you didn't even really enjoy going over and surfing it all that much. So how do you sit with it now? Where does it fit into your sort of view of the, oh, of the big picture? I think it's – I don't know. It's it's monotonous. Like, there's no way. There's, yeah, it's all the same. It's the same wave. Uh, I mean, it's really hard. I think judges, it's so subjective surfing, you know. Mm. Uh, if you – if you ever a guy in the ocean, the guy does the same three turns. Well, you can probably split it by the wave being better. His wave was better, or whatever. But uh, that that's just impossible to do. And um, I don't know. It was. I think it's definitely for me. It's the the weakest event on the whole thing to mm. watch. I don't. Um, yeah, hopefully it's the last time we have to sit through it. Uh, hopefully it goes to like Fiji and gets back on some really good waves again. That'd be awesome to see. Yeah, it would um, be. Yeah. I I mean, is there any positives that you can take out of watching an event like the goat pool as a former world champ, knowing that these points and these performances are going towards, you know, the, the ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see the, uh, you know, a handful of the best from each country, maybe just do some kind of, uh, Surf for cash, not points, or some kind of fun novelty two-day event, you know, where it doesn't have a consequence of a world title probably attached to it for mm. me. I just just don't know if the quality – maybe in 20 years, other pools will be incredible and then we'll be there. But at this stage, I, I just think – I still, you know, I think the ocean's still the spot at this stage. <laughs> no doubt, mate. Um, <laughs> what about, like – the heats everyone's talking about. There's two in particular. There's Ethan versus Gabe, and there's and there's um, Italo the versus Griffin. The final. Yeah. So, what what did you make of those two heats? First of all, I thought Ethan was amazing. I thought he won. The final is a bit trickier. I don't know. When I first saw it, I I watched it and I was like, uh, I had a chat with KP after it. I was like, I pretty much had Griff winning. I thought, you know, I thought maybe the 
the right could have went higher, but maybe not the left of Italo's or whichever whichever way it was. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, but, um, but I probably had overall when I looked at it at the start. But I don't know. I saw a couple of replays, like when they match them up together on Insta the other day, you know, when they put them together and you see what happens. Um, and it probably evened it up even more. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, for me, I, I, I just try, like try and remove everything and just go, what is it good for? The only thing it's good for, it probably – Gives the judges, um, and they're accountable too. Like every few years, they deserve to not deserve, I shouldn't say, but every few years, you need to know that you know how important their role is, and they can't just throw two identical scores. And it just it, all this benefit for me is you'll probably get some really good judging coming out of it because they've been getting so scrutinised. Yeah, true, true. I mean, this year in particular, um, judging. There's no question, it, like, flow is the most important, like, part of that criteria. The, the It sort of, like, moves around a little bit, you know, into certain different aspects of the criteria. It's quite a mouthful. But it seems like yeah. flow from start to finish is dead set what they're fizzing on. And progression has taken yeah. a back seat. So, like, are you surprised that, you know, knowing that and, and world champions know what it takes. They know how to how to bend the criteria or get the best out of it. Are you surprised by the reaction by these these three world champs? Like, I mean, literally, the last three world champions uh, have been Brazilian, and it's these guys. Yeah, I know, and they're they're probably the the ones the most responsible for getting huge scores on one maneuvers, one mm. maneuver waves because of their ability is incredible to be able to do that. Um, but putting a whole wave together is for me like they're all so good now. All the guys they can do, they can go get a nine on a one to, on a huge something ridiculous or whatever they want. But putting a whole wave together, it almost feels like it's it's come back a bit, you know. Now it's starting to be like, well, you know, do it two or three times and add in a few other turns as well, kind of stuff. Mm. Which I reckon, you know, then it just comes down to like good. Then it's just good surfing instead of you know. The Hail Marys or whichever way, you know, just trying to do a, a one manoeuvre, one special manoeuvre. I like the way it's all flow. I love watching them. And most of the guys, with the judging, I think you start to see it where everyone, they, every turn's so hard, so crisp. And it makes exciting surfing. Mm. Why do you think these guys feel like Brazil is being hard done by? I'm not too sure. I don't know. I mean... Probably because they're probably the most innovating, uh, innovative surfers, I would say, on the planet. Um, they're all incredible, like, acrobatic and athletics, I think. Um, and that's their push in Brazil, I guess, is, mm. is for that kind of surfing. But on a world stage, you know, it's, it's, it's that and more, you know. So um, I don't think I – I, I actually don't know why. <laughs> Mm. The the WSL mate, they're so famous for you know really reacting uh, quite quickly to criticism or or I guess constructive feedback is a not really nice yeah. way to put a lot of the feedback they get, but you know they do they, make changes and um, you know they do. I think uh, Eric Logan has come out he's uh, he's sort of chastised the the world champs for the way that they've gone about their thing. You mentioned that the good that could come out of this is a really hard look at the judging and the way that we judge. Like, can you see a bit of a revolution happening in the booth in terms of 
I don't know, discontent there is around the way that it's all working at the moment? And do yeah, you think it's man, time for an overhaul? For sure. Mate, I don't know whether it's an overhaul or just a, you know, a bit more clarification. Maybe that's all they need. They feel like uh, maybe, you know, it, it's confusing. It's getting, it's getting more and more confusing. I don't know. Mm. A lot of people say that about surfing, not just the judging, but the way the structure of the tour and all the different stuff too. It feels like it. Um, maybe it just needs to be a bit more clarification just around even what the surfers are meant to be, how to win, what, what's scoring best and what's – because a lot of it, you know, unless you've got a really good eye, a lot of people probably don't know what the fuck they – you know, what score's going to happen. Even though I watched it with JS, me and JS, and I was like, that's an eight, and he's like, that's a six, and, you know. We're two people with a pretty good eye, and we were way apart. Oh, mate, yeah. That... So I'm, I'm trying to guess the score, and I'm, I'm getting it really wrong. So um, That was my one – like one of the most surprising things for me was I had no clue what a number was going to drop at at all. <laughs> Zero. Like it didn't matter I'm who glad. was surfing. Like I yeah. thought Katie Simmons um, – Ronnie and I were talking about this yesterday. He was just going, mate, Katie Simmers was doing lines in that pool that no one's done. Like, she was really steezing it. And how how much distance she was out on the face, like, fully turning hard and carving back. I was like, wow, she's right out on the face. And I like seeing a different line in the pool and different something. Yeah. I thought she was amazing too. And she she was bringing steez to it as well. She wasn't just sort of uh, hustling. She was really just having a lot of fun on it. And it really, it sang, you know. It looked huge. And she... She still couldn't get the scores. <laughs> what, are, what are they looking for here? And, and uh, maybe you know. And and then all over. When you think about it, we're not there either. We don't know. Well, you know, you've got to watch it live to really to. If you're going to jump up and down, and which you know some of the other people have, uh, you've got to be there live and witness it. I mean, it's all good and all. We're only seeing some weird drone shot cut into something else, you know. If you sat there and watched wave for wave, I wonder if I wonder if uh, you'd be a bit oh, more confident in yourself. You're dead right. I mean, everyone knows that from being on the beach at surf comps. It looks yeah, so different to yeah, people the People forget footage. that a lot. I refine. Mm. Yeah, Barton made a point of that in in his really excellent Instagram sort of uh, post discussing it all, oh, which, yeah, which we are, we'll either run or have run in this episode. But, mate, um, you know, you made a, good point before about sort of uh just understanding the the criteria and each event you know they kind of set what they're looking for at the start of the day it doesn't like it's a day-to-day thing right so i would imagine even at the pool you would have your head coach or yourself go in and sort of that would be part of your strategy wouldn't it like that surely yeah for sure surely like you know kingy um Philippe's dad and and uh, whoever is in um, Italo's corner has has gone in there and said, "All right, what are we looking at, and how do we get the maximising points here?" And then if if it's not happening and you, and you're not getting that reward, you know, you go back in and you and you get that explanation why. So it's yeah. T- tell us about how you manage that. Like wh- when you didn't I, get a I, result I that you like times, yeah. Like with I remember with uh, when I was. Luke with Luke and Luke was coaching me. There'd be a lot of time like stuff like I would be so fixated on on my, just the surfing I was doing in the board and that kind of stuff that you know watching the event all day. Sometimes you'd miss those things. Whereas 
like having a coach, like they give, hey, this this has been working. They've been loving this or been, doing, you know, I've noticed there's been three heat wins from here if someone's done that. Mm. Um, things you don't pick up. I, I, and I wonder if some of the coaches watch it and go, oh, fuck's me. Because <laughs> then, then I'd be, you know, like I wonder if someone, because I watch it and go, I can't understand that score sometimes and I can't understand that score. I wonder if. The coaches are, are all over it. I wonder if some of them scratch their heads too, which would be, you know, if you saw your coach scratching your head because he doesn't know, then I don't know how it would work for the athlete. Yeah. Well, it's funny, man. I mean, one person who had no sympathy at all was uh, Glenn Hall. He just – he posted a thing saying, you know, victim mentality and kind of had this sort of passive-aggressive dig at, at world champions and event winners complaining that they're not getting their – um. They're just desserts. Uh, it, yeah, you I, know. I saw that. I thought that was pretty good. I was like, eh. <laughs> maybe, maybe not the public eye too. It's kind of, you know. Yeah. Try, you know, divide it or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Oh, I would have probably gone. We need a. When you got three world champions go to the WSL and they, they need to sit down in a room together, you know. Yeah. Explain all this. I think that's probably that would have been option one, and then. If your voice wasn't heard, well, maybe then it is option two. Yeah. So, like, I think the big problem is, you know, after last year with Griffin and, and Felipe having a, a couple of heats, close heats, where Griff got the advantage, he, he turned up to Brazil almost, you know, unable to function because there's so much fear, uh, all of that um, energy that, you know, something like this where you create a division and you have an entire country on your side, I mean... I remember Snapper when um, you were getting barreled out behind the rocks in that final with Medina and he was doing little backside snaps on the inside. You know, people were fucking losing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought like, the uh, the Snapper Surf Club was going to get sh- ripped to pieces and set on fire by uh, the locals inside, except then they'd have nowhere to drink beers, so they didn't do it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, oh. when you've got a whole country – uh, of people and really, you know, there's a lot of surf fans out there who, and we don't need to go into the, you know, how poor form that is, you know, the reaction from surf fans, but it, it seems a bit irresponsible when you've got that much power and, and that much love to, to air your grievances publicly. I don't know. Doesn't yeah, for sure. And I think maybe even like see, after seeing Ethan's post too, you know, I don't know if you saw Ethan's post about uh, the thread he had. Nah. No, I didn't see oh, that one. I'll send it to you. It's pretty hectic. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, getting those kind of threats, you know, and uh, having Gabe and the boys just maybe put a bit more fuel in the fire. Like, oh, if I had a threat like that, you'd, you'd feel a bit uneasy and then feels like they might have thrown a bit of fuel in the fire for that. But I don't think uh, – you know, I think they're pretty empty threats. I mean, I hope so. But it's still – it'll cross your mind. Yeah. Well, what about um, repercussions for athletes who who uh, break the rules? What, do you do you ever cop any fines? I remember you uh, threw a rashy at the uh, commentary box once, maybe when Darty was in there commentating bells. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, oh, actually, no, I went on my first year on tour. I gave the fig judges the finger in the water. I think I got a $500 fine. 500 bucks. I mean, what, what are you expecting to see for, for this sort of insubordination against the walls? Because, oh, I mean, sure. you know, Elo has fully said – He's come out and said, "Look, this is this is unacceptable." Um, how do, how do you see it playing out? And, and you know, how much could that possibly fuel ideas of, of something like a rebel tour? Because there's it's been floated around a few times when um, you know the top brass aren't happy. I remember Derek Hind had a 
a little uh, shot way back in the early 2000s at getting Andy and Shane Beshin and a bunch of crew who were feeling dissatisfied uh, to sort of start at least getting some seeds in the ground. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we've all heard Chinese whispers for so long, but um, I think it'd be just so hard to, to get some of those destinations and, and or, you know, get it. It's a, it's a much, it'd be a, uh, such an expense to get off the ground, I'm not too sure, but I'm sure someone talks about it a lot because we hear all the Chinese whispers a lot. Yeah. About a rebel tour. Well, what it would take is probably like Elon Musk having a partner whose son likes surfing and then he jumps on it. For, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it seems uh, to be a familiar story. Yeah, I wonder how many – do you know any sports in history where they've had broke-off rebel tours? I guess we, we had our football here in Australia that did – NRL that did that. Yeah. And that it didn't really work either, did it? No, no. And it, it almost destroyed the game completely. I mean, there's still it fans did, yeah. out there who are heartbroken from, from that time. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, well, far out, mate. That's that's really interesting. I, I can't really see a Rebel Tour kicking off, but um, it's just no, going to be yeah. interesting to see how this plays out. And, it will um, be. I will. No matter what, I just, you know... Uh, the pool was it the pool's fault to bring this up, or was this coming up in you know, was this about was it coming up no matter what event it was? was I don't know, maybe it was the pool that did it being, being so similar. Yeah, I, well, I find like it has to be the pool because um, Gabe had just won the last comp, he hadn't won a comp in a while. He wins the comp, he's like flying, and he turns up, doesn't get the result that he wants after being a two time winner there and a finalist as well. So he's like, you know near unbeatable and it just feels oh yeah it feels a little bit oh. yeah yeah you put it like that it doesn't sound right but but maybe it's been brewing for a while yeah so i don't i don't know so but you know uh, as i said i, I just think uh, the, the positive will come out of it hopefully you know we might be a bit, bit more clearer on on the uh the criteria and probably the judges will improve too That'd be nice, mate. That'd be real nice. Well, uh, there we go, mate. Another goat pull in the can. Yeah, <laughs> off to the goat pool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good on you, Parker. Thanks for your time, All brother. Right. No worries, Vaughn. I see Talk you, mate. soon. Bye, mate. Bye. Competition surfing. Rashies. Nerdism.